All right, here we go. Uh, welcome back, guys. It's episode ten. This is a big one. This is a uh, this is a big one. Episode ten is is really uh, what I guess our first milestone, which is pretty neat. Uh, episode ten. Uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys again, and Jay. And man, we got another guest. We, we're, we're on the streak of guests. Uh, we're going to keep on having guests. So hopefully, you guys are enjoying this. Uh, episode ten. This is a big one. Hey, uh, let me let me let me start us off with a question, just quick, uh, and then we'll dive into you know whatever we need to do, introduce the guest, and, and just go dive right in. I'm going to go first. Favorite number ten, Jay. You're first. I'll go after that, and then uh, we'll ask the guest, introduce him, and go from there. Does that sound good? Okay. So my favorite number ten. It's an easy one for me. If you're not a Cubs fan, you're probably not aware. Uh, or if you're not just like a diehard baseball fan. But Ron Santo is my favorite number 10 by far. He's a Hall of Fame Cubs third baseman. He played in the 60s uh, and I think early 70s too. But I remember him announcing Cubs games whenever I was younger. He would like he was so passionate on the radio. So I'd love just to listen to him and in his call, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame like pretty recently. It was a pretty long time after he played, but he's my favorite number ten by far. I'll go next. I'll, I'll say this: I'm gonna go Chipper Jones, right? Braves guy, one World Series. Um, my favorite number ten by far. Grew up watching him. Got to meet him actually. Got to sit in his box one time at a Braves game in Turner Field, old, old Turner Field. Uh, Chipper Jones, my favorite number ten. Four episode number ten. Uh, switch hitting. Uh, he was a career average guy of like 302, 303 from both sides of the plate. About 304, I think, from the right side, 303 from the left side. So just right in there. Pretty sweet. Uh, Hall of Famer, my favorite player of all time. Have named multiple dogs after him. Uh, one named Chipper, uh, one named Cooper, but his middle name was Chipper. Cooper Chipper Jones Moat Jr. is actually what I called my dog for you guys that weren't familiar. Uh, Chipper Jones, uh, my favorite player of all time. Ryan, what do you, what do you think? So uh, the best it's ever been and for the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders in my lifetime was 2012 when RG3 were number 10 for your Washington Redskins. And um, that's the best it's ever been, was 9-7 and seven that year, I believe. And um, you can still today find number 10 RG3 jerseys at every Ross and TJ Maxx in the DMV area because they ordered so many because it was so, you know, it, there was so much hype. And then it crashed so quickly that uh, they all went on the clearance racks and they've never been able to move them. So you can still find them. On yeah, the I'm sure. Thing. How long was he there? Was he there for four years? So, yeah, I think he he played his uh, rookie contract out, but he got hurt, of course. And uh, then it was Kirk Cousins that they took in the fourth round that same year. So it was the whole fiasco right. of, of moving to Kirk Cousins, RG3, and then it was just it was just a mess. So yeah. Where did he go right after that? He was in Washington and then... Uh, so lastly, he was in Baltimore. Yeah, he yeah. was there most recently. Was in, Was he in Cleveland right after? I don't remember. Was he Cleveland? Was it Cleveland for a year? Or? It could have been. Um, I remember the thing with Baltimore. If I'm not mistaken, they had three Heisman Trophy winners in the backfield. Is that was that with them? They had RG three. Would have been uh, um, Lamar, and then who was the third? Who am I forgetting? The running back from uh, was Ingram there that year? Mark Ingram. Yeah. It was Mark Ingram. So they had three Heisman Trophy winners in the backfield for that year. Uh, that's pretty neat. That's a that's a pretty cool stat that I don't know if many people have. You know, I do know th one thing about RG three. I'm pretty sure he's got a 98 overall card in Madden. Okay, uh, Madden. Madden gives him the credit. He's actually pretty good. I used his 93 overall for a little bit, but I think he just got upgraded. So, RG3, good number 10. It's a good choice. Yeah. There we go. Another number 10, Mitchell Trubisky. He's, he's got to be up there for me. Go Bears. Go Bears. You know, the, the Bears and the Redskins uh, are, have been in 
quarterback uh, misery for for a long time. Yeah, I never thought I would say like I wish Jay Cutler was back, <laughs> but I wish Jay Cutler was back. Although it lo- with Justin Fields right now, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I think th- I think they've found their guy, uh, found their guy in Fields for sure. Oh, uh, Parker's got a number pretty oh, good number. Number one. I've got another one. Uh, legendary Titans quarterback for a time. Yes, I would say even I would say more so. Legendary Texas quarterback. Absolutely. You guys know where I'm headed with this. Vince Young. Yeah. How about that? Vince Young. That's a good number ten. It just came to my mind. Vince Young. Um, I would say known best. I mean, he had a good NFL career. I'd say. I'd say good. Uh, that championship game was it 2005 or was it 2004? Uh, it was USC Texas. It was it, I think it was 05. Yeah, Lindell White was in the game. Uh, Reggie Bush was in the game. Vince Young in the game, obviously more than that, but uh, that's another number ten. So there's a good amount of number tens. Lionel Messi, if I'm not mistaken, I think Lionel Messi is number ten as well. Um, Pele, I think, was also number ten for you soccer fans out there. I'm not a soccer fan. I think I just saw that on a website. So <laughs> I didn't know Messi was ten, but I think that's good. Number ten for episode ten. Uh, man, it's gonna be a good one. We're calling this one "When God Sends Us." Uh, when God sends us, we've uh, again we've got a special guest. We'll introduce him in just a moment. Uh, we're going to be talking about really how God sends us as uh, disciples um, and what our mission is, you know, in the world. Um, he's left us with some words. We find those in Matthew twenty-eight. We'll talk about that. Uh, really, our role for that, and ultimately, like what we play. What's what, what's our role, and, and how do we do this? Um, and so, what what does it matter? Why does it matter? So, I'm excited about this one. Uh, when God sends us. Uh, Jay, you want to introduce our special guest? I will. You, uh, you listeners might be able to sense a little bit of a theme with the last few guests. Uh, we had Tyler Kaprowski, former Treveca Trojan. We had Ryan Rozick, former Treveca Trojan. Now we have another former Treveca Trojan, Ryan Cottle. Ryan, what's up? Yeah, glad, glad to be here. Glad to be in town this weekend and um, glad to record the podcast with you guys. Yeah, so Ryan is actually in town uh, because he had a flight credit. Funny story, he was actually supposed to be, Carly and I got married last May. He was supposed to be in our wedding true. May 1st until you hit the injured list. Yeah, so, uh, you know, wife was nine months pregnant, um, and I had to have knee surgery, so that was a fun time in our house. And um, so I told Jay when I went in for the knee surgery, it was a few days before his wedding, and it was just supposed to be, like, simple, clean. I was supposed to be able to walk out. And I woke up and I was like, that was not simple and clean. So I uh, missed the wedding and then had a flight credit that I had to use within a year. So I was like, where can I go for a weekend and get away? So uh, here I am. There you go. Here, here he is. Supposed to be in the wedding. Uh, 11 months later, you're using your flight credit. Yeah, just a little late. Just a little late, but you got it in. Yeah, hey, whenever, whenever you can get it in. Always good to see you. Good to, good to see you. Um, so I'm, I'm so thankful you made it. A little bit of background just kind of on when Ryan and I met. We were actually in the same recruiting class at Treveca. So we came in the fall of 2017. You came in with junior eligibility. Yeah. Right? I came in with sophomore eligibility. Yeah. So both junior college guys. TK was in the same same recruiting class. He had freshman eligibility. Uh, But we came in in the same recruiting class. um, And really, I feel like just – just kind of hit it off immediately. Uh, we were both pitchers, so we spent a lot of time in the in the bullpen, a lot of time in the dugout together. Uh, we were throwing partners true. for a little bit, uh, so we spent a lot of time doing that. We lived together in an on-campus apartment too, so roommates yeah. for a while. Um, 
Ryan is somebody, and, and, and I share, share this with quite a few people, whenever you think of people who have discipled you, Ryan has discipled me very well. Someone I call one of my best friends, someone who really from the time we both got on campus uh, at Trevecca discipled me just through his actions uh, too, as we started a Bible study together for the team, like just kind of modeled how to, how to read and study um, scripture, how to share your faith. And Ryan, I'm thankful to you for that and thankful that God has used you and placed you in my life for that. Um, I'm just glad you're here and I can't wait to hear what, what you have to share uh, with everybody. So just kind of diving into stuff. Uh, you texted me, I, or I texted you and I was like, hey, be thinking of something you want to share on the podcast. Um, and you brought up a topic that I think is great for us to talk about, especially in the realm of sports and what it means to be sent by God. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a great topic because it's so relevant in anything, the classroom, wherever. Um, so just starting off, Ryan, what does it mean to be sent by God? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I know when Parker mentioned the Great Commission, kind of one of the ways that, that our Bibles translate it is go and make disciples. But really the intentionality there is as you go, make disciples. And so the idea is that everywhere we go, we're, we're sent. You know, a lot of times we think of sending missionaries who go to different cultures or or faraway places, but the, the true um, reality of that is everywhere we go, we're, we are sent. And so if I am on a team, then God has sent me there, you know, for a purpose. If I am at a school or a workplace, I'm there for a purpose. Um, you know, if I go to the grocery store, I've been sent there because uh, I carry the light of God with me wherever I go if, if I'm a follower of, of him. And so I think athletics, it definitely takes the place of that because one of the questions I think um, you always have is how does how does my faith intersect and, and really, um, you know, embed everything I do. And so athletics can sometimes be a difficult one, right? Because I know you guys have talked about previously where sometimes all of the values of athletics don't always mash up with, with the kingdom's values. And so, you know, being when I realize that I'm sent to that team, now I can start to take my faith with me there. So, so being sent to me is really just um, intentionality, living with a purpose and, and understanding why I'm there and, and what the ultimate goal is. And that kind of allows me to, to you know, reevaluate and realign my priorities so that way they, they match uh, God. So when I think of being sent, that's really what I think about is just every little thing that you do is, is supposed to be honoring and glorifying to, to God and his kingdom. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, that, that fires me up. That, that's really, really good, um, and I appreciate you saying that. You know, something that I think about, too, is this this word of a calling, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, being called, what does that mean? And I think it's very similar uh, to what you said. You know, for me in my life, like, I was called uh, to education. I was called um, really away from sports administration and into the world of education and ministry, and that's part of my story, which we'll get into another day. Uh, but to be sent, you're right. I mean, you carry, we, we, we carry something. You know, Um, it's in, um, you know, um, I've heard it called like the good deposit, Timothy, right? The good deposit has been like given to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like go share that with other people. You know, something that I like to think about too is like, man, I've been invited. Uh, It's my turn to now invite. Um, And so, man, like we carry something. Uh, So wherever we go, um, 
ought we share it, you know? Uh, and I love how you've said that, man. It might be at the grocery store. It might be on the baseball field. Uh, it might be in the classroom. Uh, it might just be in the church pew, too. You know, you're sitting and you're receiving, but still there um, you can give. And so what an I love what, what you've said there, man, to be sent by God. Isn't that a pretty special thing? Uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, I love that. And just thinking about the idea of, like, we have something in us. It reminds me of something that came up in— um, we had a special Saturday at, at church today in one of the scriptures. Um, and just like an idea that we talked about was the fact that Christ abides in us. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a brilliant question that, that someone there asked. They said, well, we were talking about the resurrection. Hey, how do we, how do we know that Jesus is alive? Mm-hmm. Was a question that was asked. How do we know? Because we, get, we don't see him. But the thing is we do. Yeah. Right. We we carry him with us. He abides in us. His Holy Spirit dwells within us. And it's our job wherever we're sent, right, to be lights of this world, to share that with other people. Ryan, like you were saying, if that's an athletic team, so be it. If it's at a grocery store, so be it. If it is at if it is in the classroom, if it's at church, wherever it is, like we are we are sent there. Mm-hmm. Right. And the spirit dwells within us. And is it's our job to you know, we are we're sent we're called. And I just love how, um, I don't know, it's, it was an interesting question that was asked. I feel like it's one, I don't know, maybe a lot of kids have just like, what, how do we know he's alive if we don't see him, but he abides in us, you know, and we're called to be lights. Yeah, man, that, that, again, that fires me up. That goes back to Matthew five, you know, why would you light a lamp and then put it under a basket? You know, you, you wouldn't, um, you know, you wouldn't. You'd kind of let that light shine uh, as it's intended to <laughs> to work. Uh, and so with us, man, you know, we hold this. I found the text, too, in Second Timothy. It says, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You know, we've been entrusted this, and so now it's our turn to shine that to other people, uh, wherever it might be. Uh, and that is the, the good news of the gospel, which, by the way, while we're up, uh, recording this episode, like it's Easter weekend, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no better time to talk about this than now. Um, today, in this day in history, Jesus has died, right? Jesus died last night, and today is the, the most grieving, terrible day in human history. Uh, but the best day is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to tell people about that. Uh, I want to tell people about that. Man, we've been given this good deposit. We've been given this gospel. Um, and to go, to go share it with other people, and you know, it just teases us up for for Matthew twenty eight, which I believe, yeah. Ryan, you'll you'll discuss it in just a second. Um, and Jay, we'll we'll touch on it too. But man, like, man, how, how amazing is it that 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 we have this, and so we can go 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 give it to other people. Uh, so so let me ask you this, Ryan: What would it look like in athletics specifically? You're you're a baseball player. Um, you've been in athletics. You had history with athletics. I'm sure you grew up playing. Yeah, um, you know, even for Jay and I, like we we're around athletics now. <laughs> How does it look, or what does it look like, rather, in athletics? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's it's kind of comes back to that idea of, you know, intentionality and priorities. And if you're in that world of athletics, you understand the the pressure that comes with it. And I know that you guys work in, you know, with, with middle schoolers and high schoolers, that pressure keeps, you know, getting ratcheted up at a younger age. And so you kind of have this microcosm, this environment where, you know, your your worth is based on your performance. Your worth is based on you know, the production that, that you can produce on a, on an athletic field and God's kingdom just flips that all on its head. And so I think one of the things that I learned was being sent means carrying 
God's kingdom, obviously, wherever I go because I'm an ambassador for Christ. But it's also carrying what he says is important. And so on an athletic field, on an athletic team, I mean, that's serving your teammates. You know, Christ came uh, to, to serve. And so what does that look like to serve your teammates, especially if you're an older guy? You know, what does that look like to, to serve the younger guys? Um, because as a younger guy, you, you just kind of look at older um, athletes with just awe and respect. And so when somebody serves you, all of a sudden you, you feel valued, you feel important. I think it's also to trying to help people walk uh, in, in their faith. And so bringing people from where they are to where they could be. And so whether that is somebody who is, who is not a follower of Christ, just shining God's light, proclaiming his good deeds and proclaiming the gospel to them, or somebody who is walking with Christ, then how do you guys come together and encourage one another to grow in your faith? And so I think uh, it's in practical ways on a, on a field. I think it's serving somebody. You know, I think of baseball because that's what we know. Um, you know, if somebody has an extra field duty and you finish yours early, going and, and helping them. Um, you know, when you show up to the field asking how somebody's day was and truly, you know, caring. Uh, when somebody is having a rough stretch or a bad outing, are you the first person to greet them and, and kind of encourage them and, and share with them? Or if somebody is just really struggling in life, are you the first person there? I think that's kind of practical ways on a team where it's all those, those little things that all of a sudden people start to notice, hey, this person really cares about me. This person is um, different in a good way. And, and why is that? Why do you care so much about me? And then you really have an opportunity to, to speak into their life. And so I think that was, those were just lessons that I saw modeled for me um, that I wanted to do just to, to truly make others feel that their worth is something bigger than, than athletics or sports. You know, the, the creator of the universe has formed them and has placed you know, his image on them. And we are image bearers of him. And, and that's ultimately the most important thing we can do on this earth. Yep. And I love that you bring up the idea of image bearers and just servanthood. Like yeah. just being a servant. I think that is one of the most powerful things. If we think about this in the scope of athletics, you touched on it a second ago. As a younger athlete, whatever level that you are at, if you're in middle school, if you're in high school, or if you're in college. I remember when I was in college, like if you're a, if you're a freshman, you walk in and everything's new. You automatically look at the older guys. Mm -hmm. You look at the guys everyone else looks up to. And it's the same way all the, all the way down, every level of sports. Um, and, and just being a servant, serving somebody stands out. Like yeah. that, that is different. Whenever Jesus bent down, we were, this got brought up last night at, at church. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, it was different. Here's, yeah. here's Peter's response. He says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? No, you should never wash my feet, is what Peter said. Yeah. Like, Serving is different because it requires us to take a posture that is maybe uncomfortable or, or just very humble. But whenever we serve, right, whenever we, we serve out of a gracious and full heart, we are reflecting the image of Jesus to others. And the more that we can do that in the scope of just in the, in the place of athletics, like the, the more we can just share the, share the love of Christ because it's through doing that, through serving where people see like, oh, this is different. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Right? And then, Nobody's excited for tarp duty, but if you show up at you know six like 7 a.m. in the rain and yeah. you're happy to be there, like there's something yeah. different about it. You're happy that. to be there, there's something different. Or it's like, hey, I got I got I already tarped my mound. Yeah. You know, let me let me go over, I'll help you rake your that's yeah. different. Cause usually when you get done with the job, 
you're yeah. out of there. And maybe if you're if your field doesn't have a tarp, maybe it's just picking up the trash. You know, whatever it might be, it stands out and it's different. So I love that you brought up that idea of of just being a servant. Yeah, I think uh, being a servant is really hitting it on the head. Um, just especially with um, in in light of the text of scripture, there's a few texts that I want to want to say. Uh, thinking about this, Luke nineteen ten for the for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Yeah. Uh, as simple as that. Uh, it says earlier as well. Hey, uh, for uh, healthy people don't need doctors; sick people do. What does that mean? He came to help, to serve, right? Uh, and then again, Philippians two, really the best example of this uh, is when he humbles himself. He, he says even to death, even death on a cross. Right? It says this: have, have this mind, the humble mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is Philippians two. Um, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a what. You got it, a servant, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the king, there was a song last night that was uh, sung where I was at church, um, and it said the, something along the lines of, he laid aside his crown. The king laid aside his crown for my soul, for my soul. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the line that I left sitting with. Like, the king, he came to serve. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make sense. Uh, the king should have been the one that was being served right um you know i was telling folks this week in class like man if i was the king i'd wear gold i wouldn't have ridden in on a, on a colt you yeah. i promise you that i'd be asking people hey bring me my wine bring me my grapes like you know just whatever like the royal stuff like hey clothe me in royalty yeah you know um and man the king like the one who made all things is the one that says hey i'm, I'm here to serve mm-hmm. uh, i i think that the, the you know your idea of service this truth of service is, is really how we can do that how we communicate that um, you know, and also just giving them through that service the, the, the truth of the gospel, the freedom of the gospel. Uh, you know, why do we serve? Because we've first been served. Yeah. <laughs> why do we love? Because we've first been loved. I don't know, man. We could go on and on and on. Um, but Philippians 2, Christ's example of humility, uh, and really now our response to that. Um, that's really, really good. That, that gets me excited. And, and, and doing that in athletics, I love how you guys talk about the real practical idea um, even if it be in a classroom, it doesn't have to be on the, on the field or whatever, uh, cleaning up that, I love that, but like, man, putting the chairs up, I mean, the smallest thing, you know, and this is not me tooting my own horn, but the, the, when my life changed, it began to change in eighth grade. And obviously I'm on this road of sanctification. It's changing day by day uh, into the likeness of, of our, um, father in heaven. Um, it's because I saw somebody that would pick up the trash. I, I yeah. saw someone that would hold the doors. I saw somebody, I watched this happen. And I was like, man, I want to be like that guy. What did he have that was different? The light of the gospel. Like he held it and he knew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sh- showed it to others. Um, and so then therefore, like, I want to be, hey, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that guy, you know? Uh, and and wh- how, how did he do that? By service, you know? Um, I, I love what you guys are saying. Um, that's really, really good. Uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll say this too. It makes me think about Matthew 28, right? Matthew 28, the Great Commission, you said earlier, um, not just about, hey, um, it's the idea of being sent, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what was the way that you said? Yeah, it's it's literally translated as you go. Right, so as you go. Not just go, but hey, as you're going. Meaning, like, you're going to go. It's yeah. not this um, this great, um, hey, if you will, <laughs> if yeah. you're willing, yeah. you know, it's Please. like, hey, hey, go. Right, um, hey, go. L- l- let me read it for you guys that might not uh, be familiar with it. It says this in, in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus speaking, by the way, after the resurrection. Uh, he appears to the disciples, um, and, and this is really his last words in the Matthew account. This is his last words to them. 
He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, or maybe we'll say, as you go, right, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'll be with you always till the end of the age. Uh, Man, that idea of being sent, and as we do that, uh, teaching and serving and loving. So that's, I love that, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thinking, too, just about how kind of going with this theme of of what it looks like in athletics, sometimes being being a servant, right, gets lonely or the feeling of being sent. It can feel lonely depending on on where you're at. We are I've kind of been in in two in in several different areas just as as everyone has parker right now you and i are extremely lucky to be where where we are at right to coach at a place that truly has this as its mission not winning game if you win great but really the sports are a tool for what it is that we are talking about and i'm thankful for that um, in the community just of coaches players families everything that we have here um but still even here it can feel lonely in other places that i've been in too like it feels extremely lonely yeah just with the numbers you and i ryan have talked about that just in playing on different teams like not just at treveca but where we were at before um so man it it can feel lonely at times and it can feel discouraging at times so the next question that we want to ask you ryan is how do you support one another in this when god sends us how do you support one another in that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've talked quite quite similar backgrounds before we got to Treveca. Um, you know, being away from home with with no Christian, you know, strong Christian teammates, and so you kind of do feel like you're you're on your own. I think it's that idea of the church is not a building; the church is the body of believers, and so everywhere I go, there's an opportunity to you know, meet other believers. And I think for me, it was, was I searching for other believers because it was lonely and it, and it did feel like there were certain places where it was darkness that I was the only light, you know, um, shining in that place. And so a lot of it was, was relying on other believers who maybe they weren't even there with me, but you know, my, I think of my family, um, you know, I talk to them every night, just kind of, Hey, you know, what do I do or what does this look like? And so, you know, the biblical model of the old shall teach the young, you know, it's, it's one of those at first, am I being supported, you know, before I can go support others? Is there anybody who is, who is helping me walk along? And, and that's ultimately, I have to seek that out. That doesn't always just happen naturally. And so making sure first that, that I'm surrounding myself as much as possible for that period of time with others who are speaking into my life, but then really um, knowing what you've walked through and trying to help others through that. So one of the things that have, I've been kind of thinking about lately is, um, and you guys can maybe help me prove this point, but what, what's the, your favorite sermon you've ever heard preached? Like name, uh, passage of scripture, takeaway point, like what, what's your favorite sermon? I would say actually recently probably my pastor Elliot Cherry on Genesis 3. Yeah. Genesis 3, the most devastating chapter in all the Bible yeah. actually has – the most hopeful yeah. uh, text in all the Bible. Yeah. So Parker went ahead and uh, shot my point before I could even get off the ground, but here's the real <laughs> point, right? Um, 
Not many of us remember our favorite sermon, right, from when I, we were little. I was going to say, honestly, like, I feel like I would have to go back and look at notes yeah, yeah. to even, like, I'm very impressed that you were able to, like, yeah. boom, share that because I think I would have to sit down and walk in and view my notes from whatever day or month or yeah. year it was. Yeah, so it's it's not— Sorry about that. No, 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 you're all good. You're all good. <laughs> um, some people are, are just different, but it's, it's that idea of, like, you don't remember the sermon, you remember the people. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so while you might remember that sermon, sure. much more to you is, is, is the person you saw in eighth grade whom you wanted to be like. Very true. And so when we're being sent, how do we support others by understanding that it's, it's not about, um, you know, it, it, it's not about the information, although it is, you know, the Bible obviously is God's word, but it's about the people living out, you know, Christ's mission. And so I can support somebody else from afar by just being an example to them. I and mean, when we look at pro athletes and think about the platform they have and, you know, if they share their testimonies, like how many people that, that is encouraging to, to us to watch our heroes and the fact that they're walking with Christ. So I think it's, it's the body of Christ is everywhere. It's just about being plugged in. And, and, and now thankfully that can look differently, even if we're not there, but just knowing that somebody else somewhere is, is being sent to wherever God has called them to. I think that's that's kind of how. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll piggyback on that real quick and say this. Jay, Jay and I, we read a book over the summer, um, Life Together by okay. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He talks about how really the Christian life together is the roses and the lilies of the Christian life. Like it is the most beautiful, um, but it's also the most simple. Um, and, and I love how he says that, and, and we've talked about that, and, and I actually want to do an episode just maybe – you know, preview for you guys on life together. What does that mean? Uh, but something that I love too is Jesus uh, sends out the twelve disciples in pairs of two. Yeah, you know, like they are to do life together. Mm-hmm. Right to steal language from from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book. Um, I, I love how they've sent them in pairs. So hey, we're we're, we're here together. Right, mm-hmm. my arms out, ready for you to grab it whenever you're ready. That's kind of what I like to tell my students. You know, hey, we're here to do life together. We're here to do this thing together. Uh, it's not just you being sent there and me being sent here. And it can be that for sure. Um, but man, when we can do it together um, and be encouraged by one another and walk in life together. You know what I say is the most beautiful part about life together is that it's oftentimes really, really ugly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what makes life beautiful together is that it's ugly together. You know, uh, and and the fact that we've been invited to this together uh, is really beautiful. I think we can encourage one another in that. Uh, so, man, I love that. I know that you guys have walked that, especially in baseball. Times get hard, and um, you know, just thinking about our our kids, how how they play. Like, man, the fact that we can tell them, like, hey, we're here with you. We're here for you. Yeah. We we need to let them know that we're on their team, um, and and we're not fighting alone. We're fighting this battle together. See, we 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 fight against a common enemy. I think I said this in last week's episode. We fight against a common enemy. Uh, and when we know that, that is so much more encouraging so that we can take um, fight together. You know what I mean? Again, yeah. just say encouraging and supporting one another in this. Hey, we've been sent to the same mission. You and I, like Jay, you, um, myself, Ryan, it, it, really everybody that, that we've had on this podcast, like we can say that confidently. Hey, we've been sent mm-hmm. for the same purpose. Though looking differently, we're fighting against a common enemy. And that is the devil himself. And that is uh, also the, the same mission would be take the gospel, you know, and we're on the same team. I don't know. I get fired up about that as well. Just doing life together um, and, and the idea of, man, we're, we're here um, again. I'll just say it again, to do life together. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. We were, Ryan, you and I yesterday on the way back from breakfast, we're talking about this and just being at Trevecca and the just a group that God provided at Trevecca for us to do life together with. And I'm 
honestly, what is more encouraging than just doing life with other believers? Yeah. I mean, just seeing other people, seeing other people walk, fight the same fight, fight the same battle, even if it looks differently, knowing that is it is for the same faith. Mm-hmm. It is for the same cross. And it reminds me of this verse in Hebrews. It's Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And just says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, Mm -hmm. like we are encouraged by one another's faith. Yeah, it is encouraging as you're walking through something like like, I might not be having a, a great day. I might be struggling with something. But you know what, Parker, I can look at you and be encouraged by your faith. And to hear your faithfulness to say like, hey, I'm struggling, but you know what? I'm waking up in the morning. I'm diving in the word, right? Or to hear Ryan, you made it, hey, I'm just struggling on, on feeling sent, like sharing my faith. Hearing you share can encourage me to do so. Mm-hmm. We've been given each other to encourage one another. And there are, I, I'm sure as you're listening to this too, you can agree, there there's very, very, very few things in, in my opinion that's more encouraging than just being around other believers yeah. and enjoying that community. Um, and I'm thankful just for the places that I've been able to find that here um, at Trevecca and just in my life. Uh, God provides it too. Yeah. He wants us to have it. He sends the gospel. He sent the disciples in too. Like he provides that for us. Um, wrapping, wrapping up kind of like our, our last question on this, Ryan, when is a time in your life where you have have been sent by God, God to a specific place or team. We know, you know, yeah. all that we're sent everywhere. Uh, but maybe if if one really stands out, where it's like, man, God really did a work there in sending me to this place. Yeah, I think obviously we we plant seeds and and water everywhere we go. But you know, God gives the increase, and and sometimes we have the privilege of actually being able to witness that increase. And so I think um, that was definitely uh, Trevecca. Um, for me, I, I definitely have quite a, a winding background to get there. Um, you know, so out of high school, I was actually supposed to go to a school in Georgia, and um, I got hurt. Coach left, and so I ended up not not going there. So I went to um, community college in East Tennessee, and you know, there, and then actually bounced around to another community college, just trying to get healthy. So Trevecca was was not where I planned on ending up. Um, I mean, I still remember when I when I got a text from my coach, and he was like, "Would you have any interest in you know Trevecca Nazarene University?" I was at uh, the DC Zoo with my friend, and I was like, "Sure, why not?" Like at this point, I remember. I don't know if you were in the same boat. I remember emailing Trevecca. Yeah. And I like knew they were at a school in Nashville, but that's it. Yeah. Like yeah. whenever I got an email from them, I was like, oh, I need to look more into this school. I've never really even heard of it before. Yeah. yeah. So I, I remember, um, you know, I, I stepped foot on campus. It was honestly, it was kind of an afterthought. Like um, there was another school um, that I thought I was going to go to. And this was just kind of doing due diligence. Um, and I stepped on campus and I remember one of the few times in my life that I vividly heard God. And he was just like, this is this is where I want you. And so it was, you know, 10 hours away from home. I, I, the first time I stepped on campus and I was just like, this is where uh, God wants me. And so, you know, knowing that going in, having that confidence of even in the rough times, I knew God wanted me there. He had a purpose for me, um, kind of allowed me to be more confident in my faith. And then I still remember 
um, the first day, you know, just showing up before practice even started. And, you know, a couple of guys on the team, we started talking about faith and I quickly realized like it was so refreshing to, to have other believers. And so I think just that playing out, I mean, I think of just the impact we all had on each other and, um, throughout that winding journey, um, most people obviously don't know this, but I actually was able to, my best friend from back home, um, was able to meet his wife, um, who's a Treveca grad, uh, just because I was like, well, you know, you're a believer, she's a believer. Um, I was engaged to my wife at the, at the time. And so they came down together. And so just leaving Treveca, which I never planned on going, you know, I made lifelong best friends. Uh, my best friend met, met his wife and, um, just being able, you know, I think of the, you know, the pastor that we had in Nashville, Gene, who just spoke into my life, who, was kind of the one who encouraged me to go into ministry in the first place. So all of those things, that was God's plan for me, which I had never planned for myself. And um, it wasn't always fun getting to that moment. There was a lot of struggles. There was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of anxiety. But when you when you are where you know God wants you to be, there's a peace, right? You know, the scripture says the peace that surpasses all understanding. And so I think that winding journey, when I finally had that peace of, okay, no matter what happens, like this is where God wants me. Um, you can just be so much more uh, comfortable and in your faith and, and what that means. Um, yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Um, again, I've said this for the second time now. That fires me up. Uh, it really does. Just thinking about how God uses. Um, see, you know, here's a, a quick analogy I like to think about. Uh, God holds the world in his left hand and he covers it with his right. Uh, ultimately, what does that mean? Like, he's got it. <laughs> you know, he's got you. He's got me. He sends us, uh, where, where, you know, where we go. And, and I just love that, uh, thinking about it that way, man. And he's got you. Uh, he's got me. Jay, he's got you as well, brother. Um, man, here, here's a, a text that I actually want to want to say on top of that. And just when we are sent, uh, where he sent us to our specific places. Um, and, and I guess I'll, this is the last text that I'll share. Second Timothy 2, 2, it says this, What you've heard from me, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach it to others also. Uh, as you've been sent, Ryan, Jay, as you've been sent, as I've been sent, where we are specifically, I believe, Jay, and I'm going to speak for you really quickly, uh, I think where you are right now here, uh, you've been sent here. I believe where I am right now, I've been sent here uh, to teach and to coach, right, and us to do that together. What we've heard now, uh, now it's our mission uh, to go share it with others also, who will then take that and share it with others also and take that and share it with others also in this multiplication process begins of discipleship um, and, and the gospel increases. Uh, so what a gift that is, man. Uh, just the fact that um, God has sent us to, to specific places, specific teams, um, and, and, and we can know that confidently because he is sovereign, because he is providential. Because again, he holds the world in his left and covers it with his right. Um, He's got it, you know, and that, that that really gets me excited and fires me up just about how um, when we are sent, it might not be the prettiest place ever, might be difficult. Uh, we can know with confidence that God has us uh, there for a reason. You know, on, you know what kids will say is on purpose for a purpose, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and maybe it's cliche, but it's true. Um, you know, He's got us there for a reason. So I'm encouraged by you, man. Um, this is this is pretty sweet. It is. It's it's just sweet, and even reflecting back, hearing your story about. Trevecca. Mm-hmm. And here we are a few years on the other side now and just seeing God's faithfulness through that. Like I'm sure both of us had a winding path to get there. Didn't That wasn't part of my plan. It wasn't part of your plan, but it was God's plan for us. And he sent us there for a reason. And it just, it's so encouraging to just even reflect and think 
like to look on to look back on that and to see God's work not just in our lives right we can talk about his work in our lives and him sending us there all the day but the work he did just overall like his plans are greater than our plans and he sends us and it is it's just so encouraging to think about how you know what we can it is it's good to plan like you know it's like it's a responsible thing to plan but you know what at the end of the day god is sovereign Mm -hmm. if we have a heart that is after his he put right he puts us in the right place and that that is that's just so um so encouraging so beautiful something that i'm just i'm so thankful for to in reflecting back on things and one thing i forgot at the beginning ryan could you just share um ryan could you just share where like where you're at now yeah. what you do now a little bit about your background and about your family yeah uh so I, like I said, I am a student ministry director at, um, so basically a a youth pastor at a church, actually the church that I grew up in um, and met my my now wife in. So my wife Kathleen and I, we are outside uh, D.C., we're in Northern Virginia, and uh, we have a soon-to-be 10-month-old son, Jackson. So we've got our, our family of three, and my wife works at the church as well. And so we work with middle and high school students, similar to y'all every week and um just the greatest joy of my life getting to do that that was again that was not my original plan to Mm -hmm. to go into ministry um but i'm very thankful that that god course corrected and and sent me into ministry hey let me ask you this how did you plan to get away on easter weekend yeah so um i'm back i'm flying back tonight so i will be in service tomorrow morning (laughs) yeah absolutely it's uh i'm I'm hosting our first service tomorrow morning. Oh, good. I'm probably going to be a little groggy, but that's know, all right. He's risen, coffee. so I'll I'll get some. He's risen I'll get in some coffee. In there. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there was coffee at the gravesite? Uh, I'm not a coffee drinker. Okay. I'm not. A, sorry, I'm not a coffee drinker. Yeah. I never have been. What What's your like? Do you have any sort of caffeine drink that's your go to? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm a big oh um, spark. Yeah. I'm a big supplement guy. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that. So that's the one thing that I'm not a coffee guy. Coffee but. and Red Bull, man. Nah. I was about to say, I was about to expose Jay. He was a Red Bull guy. Red Bull and candy in the dugout. That's what you told me. I'm exposing you. That's quite because a diet. You deserve to be exposed. <laughs> I, I will own up to it. I don't – Red Bull and some Lifesaver gummies. I mean, and I was I was ready to go. I remember one game actually where Carly, I called her and I was like, hey, I forgot to go by the gas station and get a Red Bull. Will you grab one? And you know how there's all different sizes? There's like the eight ounce and like the 12 ounce. She found, I've never seen a bigger like Red Bull can in my life. And she dropped it by the bullpen. And every, I think this was, this was my last year there. So you weren't, you weren't there for it, but everyone else in the bullpen was like, Hey, like you need to pace yourself on this thing. (laughs) Like I, I wouldn't drink the whole thing, but I, I hammered it and followed it with some uh, Lifesavers gummies and I did not feel good. <laughs> I did not feel very good. Do you guys good have after. like an FDA disclaimer on this podcast? Like maybe don't don't take nutritional advice from Jay Bernard. Is that something that we need to say officially, like legally? Yeah, don't uh, don't take nutritional advice from me. There you but go. Red Bull's good. Now we're covered. <laughs> now we're covered legally. Red Bull. You know what it does, though. It gives you wings. You stole my line. <laughs> it, it does give you wings. Uh, so congratulations. Um, I'm sure Jay was, 
I mean, wings are that'd be cool, wouldn't it? That'd be great. The theology of that we might need to get into a little bit, but other yeah. than that, it's yeah. Okay. Oh, so 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 let's talk about it right now. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, let's okay. not do that. Sports talk. What do y'all say? Sports talk. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's go sports talk. All right. Um. So the Nationals suck. Uh. Ryan, I'm just gonna say it. The Nationals are it's terrible. The Nationals true. are horrible. Uh. We had a question. Quick question. Race to 100 losses. Nationals or Oakland A's? I I got Oakland. No, it's 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 the Nationals easily. I think it's going to be Oakland. They they were the worst team in baseball last year and they got worse this offseason. Oakland Oakland got worse too though. I guarantee you the the Nats spent I think 8 million dollars on offseason free agents this year and they they won 60 I think they won 63 games last year. Wow. They've gotten but worse. What did Oakland win last year? They were around that, weren't they? They were they were a few better, but uh yeah, the Nats are yeah. terrible, and Cade Cavalli, who yep. is kind of their biggest prospect, he yep. went down for TJ for the year. So Did he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So when Patrick Corbin's your opening day starter um, for the second yeah. year in a row, it's, it's horrible. not going to be great. You know, I made a, a – I say a bold claim. I, I do believe this is true, okay? And sorry, I just started out with the Nationals talk really hot. I apologize. It's all good. Um, they don't suck, but they are – well, they do. They, they do. do. They do. It's yeah, they okay. do. Um, I, will, I will keep that. Um, I made a claim on, I guess it was last week or the week before his episode, Patrick Corbin, to me, I'm a Braves fan, you guys know that out there, is the worst starting pitcher in the MLB. I, I actually believe that. Yeah. I, I, You know, yes, it's coming from an NL East fan. Every time anybody faces him that I watch, Braves specifically, bad, just bad. But but he starts because he's got that contract, and you know that better than anybody. Yeah, he, he actually has been statistically the worst pitcher in the major leagues in the past 50 years. So last year, so I, was, I didn't even know that. Yeah, last year his opponent's batting average against um, was three twenty one, and Jeff McNeil won the batting title with yeah. I think like three twenty six. Oh my! So gosh. and like he in the past few years has given up the most earned runs, the most um, walks and hits allowed, and the highest opponent batting average against. So yeah, he is statistically one of the worst pitchers in baseball in the last like fifty years. I love the guy because he won, helped us win a, a World Series, but. Um, yeah, I'd do it over again, but right now I do remember good. seeing a stat on the on the bottom of MLB Network going across the other day that said Corbin in his first two starts this year of 2023, he's given up 18 hits in his first like nine innings pitch. Yeah, which and that's not including however many guys he's walked. That's a lot of base runners just from. Yeah, that's a lot of guys doing damage just off of him, just off of him. Yeah, but I did I forgot he was with the World Series team. Yes, came came out of the bullpen. Yeah, he's he's got a whopping eight ERA right now. Yeah, um, uh, I'm trying to find his WHIP. Uh, it's got to be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be terrible. He gave up. Yeah, he's got he's given up 17 hits and 10 runs. No, let's see, eight runs. Um, 10 runs, eight earned runs. But he's he's horrible. Uh, but Nationals. Uh, he's got a 2.22 WHIP. Uh, poor guy. Um, all right. So as a Nationals fan, yeah. just baseball just started, right? We're what eight games in? I yes. think we're eight games in. Yeah, nine, I think it's being played today. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the Nationals this year? And maybe even tell us the big trade last year, right? Like, do you yeah. think that you'll reap the benefits of the trade? Robert Hassel, guy that you got the trade, mm-hmm. uh, is actually from from Franklin. He went yeah. to a, a high school down here. Really, really great, great yeah. player. Uh, so tell us your thoughts on the Nationals. I'll recap kind of where the Braves are at right now, um, and then Jay recap us on where where the Cubs are at. Yeah, um, it's it's been rough. So uh, right now, they're the Nats are two and six. Um, both their wins have come from Mackenzie Gore starts, and at the big league level right now, um, 
none of those big prospects from from that Soto and Bell trade. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Juan yeah. Soto, who uh, I would argue is the probably the greatest hitter um, in the past few decades, just pure hitter. Obviously, I, I would, obviously, I would, I would player. Agree. There's some 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 other. I claim aspects. him to be the most disciplined hitter. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. So um, you know they had two and a half years left on his contract. Yeah. And it was kind of. I would say it's the biggest haul uh, for for a trade in, in Major League Baseball history. So he was shipped to the San Diego Padres, 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 um, for uh, James Wood, who's kind of the centerpiece of that deal. Sure. Um, Robert Hassel, um, C.J. Abrams, yeah. who's now the the everyday sh- uh, starting shortstop, Mackenzie Gore, who looks like he's going to slot in as a number one, number two, as well as Yarlan Susana who is an 18-year-old who throws 101 miles an hour. Sounds like so, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm more, much more inclined to go to their high A team, uh, which is an hour from my house, than I am to go uh, to Nats Park that's cool. uh, this year. Dude, so. to see those players in action. Now, C.J. Abrams, he was almost ready for the Padres. I think he was there, but it was like yes, a yeah. AAA kind yeah. of a platoon guy. He's legit. I think he's good. Uh, Hassel is going to be good. I, I promise you that. I hope so. I'm sure you've seen his clips and, you know, double A, whatever he is right now. Um, Gore, he did get the win against the Braves, mm-hmm. um, and, right? And against the Rockies last night. Okay, so the Rockies. Well, both starts. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, so he's 2-0. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Uh, I think the Nationals, obviously this year, not great. You would agree. But I think they'll get there. You know, it's like the Astros, what, 10 years ago, where they were the worst team, worst team, worst team for years and years and years and years. But they built the farm system, built the farm system, and now they're competing for a World Series. I don't necessarily want to say – I say that lightly, right? I well, say that very lightly. It's not going to You can't just anymore. repeat it. Because right. you can't tank anymore with the new, with the new draft rules. Yeah, so very I'm not true. very happy about that. Um, very true, yeah. Um, so, you know, again, um, I think y'all be you'll be okay, hopefully. Yeah, maybe when Jackson's yeah. old enough to, to be <laughs> yeah, you'll have a son that yeah. will be able to go go contribute. Uh, yeah, man, the Braves here on the other hand are six and two, uh, playing well, playing well. Uh, got two rookie pitchers that uh, have have thrown uh, one not so great. Actually, the only guy that's lost games for the Braves, Jared Schuster. I picked him up in fantasy, thinking he would be awesome. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be, um, but he got he walked a bunch against the Nationals, a four four spot in the first inning, yeah. and then he he kind of he kind of dealt after that. Yeah. But the Braves couldn't get back. And then last night he did the same thing. Um, he, he he I think he got the no decision last night. Maybe I, I can't remember. Uh, the Braves were coming back, but still lost four three yesterday to the Padres, uh, who's got I think actually one of the best lineups in baseball. I think the Braves are going to be great. Uh, I've thought that they'd be a World Series contender this year. They're looking like they will be. Injuries are already biting them. Max Freed on the fifteen day, Michael Harris on the ten day IL, uh, not great start. They've also got Rysel Iglesias, um, who's the closer, supposed to be the closer. Uh, he's also on the fifteen day, so he'll be back. Um, you know, Soroka hadn't thrown in two years. Hopefully he'll be back. I don't know. There's a lot of guys that we're waiting to get back. Uh, but without all those pieces, we've got a eight, plus 18 run differential. We're scoring runs and winning games. Ronald Acuna, he's got four stolen bases, two home runs. The race to 40-40. I, I predicted a 40-40 year at the beginning of the year. I predicted also a Matt Olson 40-year, 40 40-bomb 40 year, um, which I think is very possible. I think they're hitting the ball well. I think the Braves are going to be great. I'll say this too. I love having Orlando Arcia at shortstop. Not the guy that you'd consider to be the guy. Von Grissom probably, you know, was supposed to be. Braden Shoemaker supposed to be. But Arcia, he's he, man, he's playing good defense, hitting the ball well. Hit a walk off the other night against the Padres to win it uh, in the bottom of the ninth, which is pretty sweet. Just after being down three, I think in the bottom, no, in the bottom eight, or maybe it was top nine. I can't remember how many we scored in the bottom nine. 
um, to walk it off, which was pretty sweet. Uh, but, man, Braves looking pretty good. What about the Cubs? The Cubs are right in between the two teams we just <laughs> talked about. We've all three have won a World Series relatively recently. Yeah, so all pretty, Nats pretty were 17. 19. Yep. Cubs were, yeah, the Astros were 17. Cubs were 16. The Braves were 21. So all all pretty recent. The Braves are six and two. The Nats are two and six, and the Cubs are three and three. There it is. So they're sitting right in the middle. They were kind of projected to have about a 500 season. I think that's about where where they'll be. They did get better over the off season. Uh, to really, they go from a 75 win team to an 80 win team. <laughs> uh, but so far, really, their big sign, the Swanson signing, eight games in or six games into the season for them has looked great. Uh, he's played great defense, made a lot of good plays. He's hitting 417 right now. So we'll see if he can keep that up over the course of the season. Probably not. Uh, we'll we'll call it um, – we'll say it's because of the new shift rule. I don't even know if they shifted him in the beginning. but Maybe. Uh, he's playing really well. Uh, defensively, they've – up the middle, they've got Horner at second uh, – Swanson at short, Bellinger in center, so one of the best defensive middles I think in the game. But still, I think they're they're three and three right now. I think they'll hover around 500 probably for the whole year. But what I love to see, and it's a beautiful sight, and it doesn't happen very often. The Cardinals right now are in the bottom of the NL Central, which is just. Uh, I don't uh, think they're going to stay there for long. No, I don't think. But <laughs> it's right now. It's April eighth. And I'm looking at it right now. The Cardinals are two and five in the basement of the NL Central, and I'm going to enjoy it today <laughs> because today might be the last day that they're at the bottom. So, uh, yeah, the Brewers though are on top. They're I think they're for real this year. But uh, so kind of going back to DC sports, mm-hmm. Ryan. You're a DC sports fan. Uh, I'm sorry. It's hey, relatively. It's been much better than it used to be. We had, you know, the Caps won the Stanley Cup in 18, Nats won in 19, so I'm, I'm that that's still kind of riding high a little bit. The Redskins football team commanders, yeah, though, been it's been rough. Yep, um, they won a game though. At least, I mean, they won more than one game, but but you're not ever going to get a Super Bowl. They won a game, so you can be happy about that, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, they they did. Yeah, they won a they game. yeah, they won, <laughs> won a game. There we go. But the Commanders are selling right now. Yes. Like, and we're not saying selling in terms of like trading away players. No. Literally selling. Yes. Selling the team. Yes. Which DC, I'm sure, is thrilled about. Honestly. Oh, it's it's so so the Nats tried to sell too. So how often do you have two major sports franchises up for sale in the same city? Yeah. The Nats tried to sell, um, but it's it's a whole different different conversation with their TV deal. Yeah, I've got a few bucks in my wallet. If you guys want to pitch, we can in go in and, together. I think um, the current price for the Commanders right now, the the rumor is um, six point three billion is is the the top bid in right now. Um, wow! But it's been yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Dan Snyder, the Redskins used to be one of the pillar franchises of the NFL. Uh, three Super Bowls under Joe Gibbs uh, with three different quarterbacks. Um, so I think he's the greatest NFL coach of all time because to win three Super Bowls with three different it's quarterbacks, hard to argue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Jack Kent Cook sold in '99, and Dan Snyder bought the franchise for 800 million, and is about to sell it for over six billion. So it's a pretty good investment. Um, but other than that, they haven't won um, 11 games since 1999. They're the only team in the NFL not to do it. Um, the last time they had a playoff win 
was I believe 2005 against the then uh, Tampa the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and so finally it's gotten so bad um, he's decided to sell apparently, and uh, so now it's it looks like it's going to be here in the next few weeks, and uh, there literally there will be a parade. Um, it, the, the planning's kind of already in the process for when it sells. Like there will be like a championship level parade for just the fact that Dan Snyder's selling the team. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. I, w- I want to read real quick because I, I saw this stat last year. It's one of my new favorite sports stats. So you just talked about the commanders were bought for $800 million, uh, I believe so, yeah. You said, and they're getting ready to be sold for $6 billion North of $6 bill is kind of what's been okay. talking about. So the Titans – originally the Oilers, were purchased in 1959. They were purchased for $25,000. They're now worth $3.5 billion. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good return on investment there. <laughs> but our question kind of going off of this, okay, because I know this is a topic in D.C. sports. Ryan, if you came up with the money, if you were the owner yeah. and you could rebrand – the commanders in any way. So like whenever whenever we think of rebranding, we'll just we'll say like name, logo, uniform. If you wanted to relocate, I know you wouldn't do that, but like if you could rebrand them, mm-hmm. what would the Washington Commanders look like after the purchase of of Ryan Cobb? Yeah, so this is actually a debate if the new owner should rebrand again. I am for it. I think uh, they will. I I hope so. The Commanders is yeah. just just a terrible name. Um I would I would Going forward, I, they would be the Washington Hogs, okay? Oh, gosh. Because, you know, you had the line um, in the 90s, the Hogs. And so it would be a tribute to, like, the past with the Super Bowls. Because people are like, the oh, Commanders cool. have won three Super Bowls. No, the Commanders have won nothing. The Redskins won three Super Bowls. Yeah. So that way you could keep the colors. You got the old people are happy. That, you know, you get some kids with a cool hog on the side of the helmet. Are we saying okay. like Arkansas Razorback kind of look or like not colors, but but the the logo? Um, I think you could do something a little bit different. Um, like for think about the mascot. Like you have a pig instead of Major Tutty, okay, who they currently have. I don't know if you've seen their new mascot, but put that little animated pig in a tank, okay, okay with with a helmet on and just driving around. And now all of a sudden, like that's cool. Like people get in on that. So that that's what I would do. I'm kind of I'm imagining imagining the Piggly Wiggly logo on the no, side of not, it. No, not not it's it's not with, with a helmet on. Yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> it's something a little bit more like you know like a warthog like and not like Lion King either like intimidating and just menacing. intimidating yeah. an intimidating pig. All right, <laughs> the intimidating pigs there from Washington. Go. Absolutely, I'm in. Are, oh, and sixteen. <laughs> oh, and now 17. seventeen now. <laughs> Uh, that's good. You, you, do you like the color scheme? You like the color scheme? Kind of like throw up colors. I, no. Ketchup and mustard. No, burgundy and gold. Okay. Ketchup and mustard. Ketchup is not burgundy. <laughs> all right. Iconic. Uh, all right. So uh, I'll answer the same question, right? And then and then Jay will touch on the Bears. Um, so I'll say this about the Titans. Um, I, I, I like the name. It works for me. I actually do like it. The light blue with the Oilers a, a lot better. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know so I think if we were to go back uh, get the get the Oilers uniforms but with the Nike like the new you know the new uniforms but the, go back to light blue with the red I love their color scheme I think it's 
it's one of my favorite color schemes just in football, but in general, just the light blue with the navy, the gray, the silver rather, and then um, some r- the red accent. I like the Titans. Um, I think in terms of relocation, I would just move them out of Nashville. Uh, it, it'd still be the Tennessee Titans, but just out of the city. Um, you know, the Braves did that with their stadium and got it about 45 minutes outside of Atlanta. Uh, a lot easier to access. See, I don't, I don't like going to games because I don't like so much. Just it's it's hard to get to. The streets are. Um, or, you know, they're, they're, they're narrow. It's just not great. So in terms of stadium location, not necessarily, you know, relocation to a different city. I like, I like Nashville. Uh, but if you were to put them out, you know, 45 minutes of Nashville, I think that'd be great. Um, I think the Titans are good as is. I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of like it. Uh, new stadium should be exciting. Uh, it should be coming up, what, 2025 or six or next, you know, four or five years. It'll be really neat. I think it's going to be moved a little bit a few miles away from where the stadium is now. It's still going to be downtown. But if I were to change one thing, and I guess it would only be one thing, that'd be just get them out of Nashville, uh, easier to access, easier to get out. But I like the Titans. I like uh, like cheering for the Titans. Yeah, all th- the, the Bears looking for a new stadium as well. So all three all three teams looking to Yep, looking move. to move. The Bears actually, I think they finalized a purchase of some land out in Arlington Heights, which is like 45 minutes north of the city they got a new team president so it looks the team president they have was actually kind of played a key role in the vikings getting their new stadium which is i mean it's one of the best in the league so i think that is happening fairly soon the timeline i'm not sure about if i were to buy the bears though i would obviously the stadium is i would move the stadium that's happening yeah Uh, i would not change the name i would not change the logo. I Would mean, you it, keep the orange uniforms. That's that's where I was going. <laughs> is I think I mean the name and the logo. Like the Bears are one of the NFL's charter franchises. Mm-hmm. So I don't in my mind like there's no way you can change that. Whenever you listen to Chicago sports talk radio, it's in the summertime. No matter what time of year, like the Bears are being talked about. Mm-hmm. Like they don't talk about the Bulls in the summer. They don't talk. Uh, they'll talk a little Cubs in the winter. Not hardly any white socks but like the bears are talked about year round Mm -hmm. and i think because of the brand you keep it what i would change a little bit and they've done it recently i love the orange uniform no you don't i love i love the orange give me more orange because the navy is classic yeah it's just a classic look but the orange like whenever they wear those for the prime time games it fires me up this year they went with the orange helmet for their secondary option Mm -hmm. but i think what i would do with the orange helmet i love i would love to see them on one of their helmets put you know the the actual bear logo like the face of the bear i would love to see the bear on one of the helmets it might be better i don't know if you put it on it would probably have to go on the Navy helmet because the bear logo is orange. Mm-hmm. So maybe it goes on the Navy and then you do like an all Navy uniform similar to the, they did an all Navy for the color rush mm-hmm. when that was a big deal. Thursday you, night football, Thursday night football. They did all Navy for the color rush. I loved that. I would, I would keep the orange helmet with the C. I would want to see them wear orange more than right now. They wear it once to twice a year. Yeah. I would want to see the orange, like half navy for home games, half orange for home games. Give me more orange. <laughs> Needs to be there. Yeah, um, that's good. That's good. I like I like what y'all have. Um, NFL season, I say season, draft is coming up. Yeah. Uh, so soon enough we'll be talking about draft and 
um, expectations and ideas. I think we touched on this, Jay, a handful of episodes ago. I've got some opinions on Titans. Um, you've got some opinions on the Bears. And, Ryan, I'm sure you've got some opinions on I've where, the, where the draft needs to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some are good, some are bad. <laughs> uh, same with me. Um, just with where our uh, – you know, I think if I were a GM – um, you know, like put me, put, put the controller in my hand and, and give me Madden, you know, yeah. I feel like I'd make some good decisions, uh, but it doesn't necessarily make they mean they'd be good decisions in real life. So one of these episodes soon, we'll talk about, Hey, where, where do the bears need to go? They move back to number nine. Uh, the Titans are sitting at 11. I think they'll move up, but where, where's Washington sitting at 16, right Six, in the middle. That's We're actually mediocre yeah. is where we always are. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. So, um, we'll talk about this again and we'll talk about some expectations in terms of where we think our teams might be headed for the upcoming year. Um, all right, here's the thing. We're going to close the episode with a fun little game real quick. Uh, Ryan is a NHL fan. Yep. Um, are, are, you, you called us out before yes. for not touching on the NHL. I, I know nothing. I mean, I mean nothing. Like I know how the game works to a degree. I don't get the whole line system. I don't get the subbing system. Uh, I, I, I get the goals, obviously. You, 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 uh, it's cold in there. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's ice. Uh, it's hockey. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, very exciting game. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, too. Uh, when the Preds were legit, which is several years ago, uh, and they took the catfish on the ice. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, that was very fun to watch. I remember when they were making a, making a, um, a playoff run. Like, I, I watched it. But that's about it. Going to games is fun. I'll say that, too. But then again, you just got this for me. I don't like going downtown. Like, downtown, I stay away from it. So even if the, the Preds are playing, like I, I, don't, I don't really want to go because mm-hmm. I don't want to go downtown. But here's the thing. Talking about NHL. Uh, Ryan, being an NHL fan, uh, he, he knows some names, knows some players, the good players, whatever. Uh, he's going to tell Jay and I some names. He's going to pronounce them for us, and we're going to try to spell them. Uh, because we know nothing about the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the best player in the NHL right now? What would you say? Uh, Connor McDavid. With the I've heard of him. Oilers. I've heard of him. Yes. I've heard of him. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Yep. I've heard of him. Uh, that's about as good as I can go. Uh, so so he's going to spell for us some names. We're going to try to um, – or sorry, he's going to give us the name, pronounce it. We're going to try to spell them uh, because my knowledge of hockey is not good. And, Jay, you would probably echo the same. I just learned who Connor McDavid was. Yeah. I don't Do you know who no the idea. all-time leading goal scorer is? Ovechkin? No. Gretzky? Gretzky. Okay. Ovechkin's chasing him down. Okay. So that's that's the big thing in, in D.C. sports. Okay, so he's, right he's chasing him down. Yeah. One one guy that I do know is Pekka You know, Yes. Uh, legendary Preds goalie. He's got a statue. I just saw he that. He has since Bridgestone. retired. Oh. I think, right? Did he, did he retire? Yeah. I th- he's, <laughs> Dude, not I don't even he's not with the Preds anymore. Uh, okay, he then he retired. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, another name. Something with the last name, Kane. Uh, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, 88. Yeah, well, I don't know what number he's wearing. What about Sidney Crosby? He's still with the Pens. And yep. he's 88. 87. 87. Yes. Hey, I know more than I thought. Let's see. Um, I don't think I can give you another name. I'm not even joking. Like, I legitimately don't think I can give you another name. I know Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. Okay. Marion Hosa. All right. Uh, so there's a Sue Ban. Uh, he's he's retired. He's doing TV now. PK. Oh, okay. PK. PK Subban. Yeah, penalty kick Subban. Yeah. He was a pred in the big trade. We traded someone. We traded our best player for him. Yes. He he I believe was with the Habs, so the Montreal Canadiens, um, before he was with Preds. Don't fact check me on that, but I think so. So it wouldn't make good uh, podcast, but sometime you guys should try and name all thirty. Two NHL franchises. Yeah, I did, I, there's no shot I can do that. I'd probably be able to get like 
six or seven, eight. Yeah. I think I could get double digits, but yeah. that, just thank you, Sports Center. Yeah. And the bottom line on Sports Center, that's it. I think Jay and I together would probably be able to get 20. You say there's 32? I th- I, it, it's confusing it's 30 because they've 32. just had expansion. So it's the Seattle Kraken, which are the best the name Kings, in sports, I think. The Kings? Are no, they one well, of the new ones too? So the Vegas Golden Knights. Golden Knights, and not the, the Seattle Kings. Kraken. The Kings is basketball. That no, the Kings, Kings, Kings are LA. LA, LA Kings. Kings. Oh. So I'm not that dumb. No. Oh, good. Well, I don't know. But as come to NHL, <laughs> you're, you're doing better than I thought. <laughs> All right. I think we could do it. All right. I, th- I think we could. I like us getting 20 on that. Uh, but today, Ryan, you have yes. a list of six NHL names. Yep. For, for each of us to spell. I'm going to attempt three. Parker's going to attempt three. Who do you want to go first? Um, Jay, you, you can go first. Okay, I'll go first. You uh, you also said last night there would be a prize if we spelled any of these right. If you sp- if, if either of you spell one right, I'll buy your lunch. You buy lunch I'll after buy this? Lunch. Okay, yeah. deal. Um, but it's the first person Does to, it have to spell to, one right. Like last name or first and last completely has Just to last name, and I'm not really worried about you guys um, – Spelling any of these right. So okay. my selection process, by the way, these are all current NHL players. So I didn't even go. I didn't even need to go to former NHL players. Um, if you ask me where they're from, most likely it's going to be Sweden because Swedish guys have the most interesting last names. Okay. Um, that's really where most. Can from. I anticipate? And maybe this is cheating. Like some some awkward silent J's in the names. Like just like some some weird. Le- you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. You can you can anticipate a lot of silent uh, letters. Yeah. And a lot of consonants, yeah. too, for some yeah. of them. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. All right, here we go. First name, bring it on. Um, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with he is a defenseman for the Anaheim Ducks. Okay, That helps. So you're not having to spell first <laughs> names, but his first name is Urho. Okay. Uh, U-R-H-L. His last name, Jay, if you can spell it for me, uh, Vakaninen. 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 And if you ask me to use it in a sentence, I will say, Urho Vakaninen plays uh, defenseman for the Anaheim Ducks. Vakan. I'm trying to spell it out. And and people can play uh, play along at home too. That's the nice part of this game. So okay, I have it. I have it written down. There's zero chance this is right. Okay. Vakaninen. Yep. V a k i n i. N-E-N. See, you made the critical uh, mistake of spelling it how it sounds. Um, Vakaninen <laughs> is V-A-A-K-A-N-A-I-N-E-N. Vakaninen. Wow. <laughs> I spelled it with two C's. I thought I was onto something with the two C's. You're getting a little too clever there. But the K's, the K got me. Yeah. And I also lost track. I was trying to spell it as you were saying it, even with the letters, and I lost track. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got V A A K A, and then I I, I, I lost track. I E N. Yeah, no, no, nope. Yep, I'm not getting that. Um, Even when you spell it. <laughs> yeah. All right, my turn. Yes, uh, Parker. He is a winger uh, for the Florida Panthers. He actually has a brother as well. There's two of them. I've got a brother too. Um, Matthew Kachuk. That one's supposed to be easy. Matthew Kachuk. Uh, he's well, he's the most well known probably on this list. Uh, can I have it in a sentence, please? Um, yes, Matthew Kachuk um, has a brother in the NHL. <laughs> uh, can I have the origin, please? Um, that one, I that one's probably Canadian. Uh, if if you don't know where somebody's from in the NHL, it's best to guess Canada. Um, what are the other questions that they ask in the spelling bee? Um, root word. Yeah, there's there is not one. But um, is this all right? All right, what team did you say he plays for? Uh, Florida Panthers. Yeah, I have no idea. 
Uh, I'm just going to spell it the only way I know how to, uh, which is wrong. Uh, K-A-C-H-U-C-K. Kachuk. (laughs) Okay. Like Kachow, almost. Kachow, like Lightning McQueen. Um, So the back half, you weren't far off. Okay. But you forgot the silent T at the beginning. Oh, of course I did. So it is T-K-A-C-H-U-K. You're kidding me. All, all I did is miss one word, one letter. Uh, you you added an extra C in at the end, but ah. uh, Kachuk. Say spell it one more time. T K A C H U K. Ah, I was close. Yeah, you were. You can buy lunch. No, silent T gets you every time. All right, bring it on. Um, Jay, we are going to go with defenseman from the Buffalo Sabers. The Sabres. Um, yes, mm-hmm. Sabre, uh, paper company. Henry. Yoki Haru. Yoki Haru. How are you? Yoki Haru. Yoki, how are you? Yoki Haru. Pretty young, uh, good player, by the way, too. So I don't know if this is getting you more likely to watch hockey or less likely, but. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go out of the, I'm thinking out of the box here. Still thinking. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> So I made the mistake last time of spelling it how it sounds. Correct. It sounds like it starts with a Y. It does. Oh, okay. Well, I'll ch- let well, me no, change it. No, no, no. It. It, it sounds like it starts with a Y. Okay. Well, I'll keep the first letter I had. Uh, <laughs> the first letter I have is a J. That's correct. Okay. There we go. Uh, J-O-K-E-H-A-R-U. You were pretty close. J O K I H A R J U. There's another J. There's another J in there. Yo- Yoki Haru. Okay. I'm walking away with the moral victory of I got the first letter right. There you go. Yeah, I got the first letter right too. I'm spelling along with you. I spelled it J O K E J A R U. So I got the J right, yeah. but I missed some letters in between. Okay. So. <laughs> Parker, I think this is the easiest one on the list. Well, don't do that to me. Okay. I'm going to botch it. He's, he's a center for the New York Rangers. Yep. Okay. Mika Zabanajad. Yep. Nope, that's not easy. Zabanajad. Can I have the origin? Um, that's got to be Czech, if I had to Zabanajad? guess. Zabanajad? Zabanajad. Uh, Zaban. And this is the fun part, too, about watching an NHL game, is the puck moves so quickly Jad. that the, the announcers are just throwing these names out. Like and they know and right. that. They do. Yeah, and there's impressive. there's like a Johansson in a Johansson, there is a Pelik in a uh, Palak on the same team, so you could see it gets pretty confusing pretty quickly. All right, I'm going with Z A B A N I J A D, Z I B A N E J A D. Say it again. Z what? Z I B A N E J A D. E J A D. Okay, I wasn't that far off. No, phonetically you're pretty close. Yep. Okay, I'll take that as a moral victory as well. Uh, didn't didn't the Tennessee head coach one time say um, something along the lines of like uh, champions of life? That's what I am. Yeah, I'm was a that, champion was of that life. Butch Jones? It was Butch Jones. That had to be. We we have a thing in D.C. One of our uh, famous, well, infamous GMs said we're winning off the field, but we got to start winning on the field. So um, yeah, that's not great. There you go. Last my last one. Bring it on. Yes, um, I'm really deciding which one. I want who who loves oh man all right we're gonna do this um, because you're getting confident with the the silent J's I will say this is going better than the bracket I filled out yeah I think <laughs> probably true for everybody uh, right winger 
for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, these next two are actually both Carolina Hurricanes, which are the Atlanta Braves of the NHL, um, meaning I can't stand them. Um, Jesse uh, Pulsjarvi. Jesse Pulsjarvi. Pulsjarvi? Pulsjarvi. 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 Okay. Pulsjar. You got to carry the one on that v. too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's no. There's no way this is right. <laughs> I spelt this one how it sounds. So. Uh, nope. Never do that. Uh, but I did because it's the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pulsjarvi. P U L Y A R V E with a little thing over the last E. Uh, the tilde or the umlaut? The yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesse Pulsjarvi. P U L. J U J A R V I Pulsjarvi. How does that have two J's in it? Um, they love their consonants. Is there anything over the E? Uh, nothing. Okay. Well, these are all written in English, so it's 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 not likely that they don't have those those little tildes mm-hmm. and umlauts and all that stuff. So I was thinking. Yeah. Um, all right. Probably my favorite NHL name. Okay. And he's well traveled, so there's a chance you've heard this name before. Okay, probably not, though. Yeah, probably not. Um, defenseman, like I said, also for the Carolina Hurricanes, Shane Gostisbear. Never heard of him. Gostisbear. Gostis. Gostisbear. Pear. Gostisbear. Gostisbear. Bear with a B. I, I can't tell you what it's with, but, but Gostisbear. Bear. Can I have the origin? Um, That's got to be Swedish, too, right? Or Gos- Norwegian, or what do you call those uh, those countries? Nordic? Are they Nordic countries? Uh, that sounds European, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they are European. European. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, G O S T E S B E I R. Oh, wow, so excited! G O S T I S B E H E R E. Okay, the end Gosh is just ridiculous. Bear. Yep. No, that, I think that's wrong. I think what I had is right. Um, Maybe you can talk to them. They're normally pretty calm guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, man, I'm not great at this. Um, I consider myself uh, a decent speller with spell check. Um, you know, it normally helps me. Uh, but when it comes to NHL players, I'm not great. Yeah. Um, man. Hey, but today was fun. Today was very fun. Um, man, how awesome, Ryan. It's been awesome to have you on here with us. Uh, this is a fun game. We might have to revisit this one, Jay. Might have to revisit this one. Uh, fun game here. Talk some more NHL stuff for you, Ryan. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll give you some credit there. Um, this is the most NHL uh, talk that I've had um, probably ever. Your listeners are going to love it. It'll be the most NHL talk that we have until Ryan comes on again. <laughs> you got to do a Stanley Cup preview at least. Like We can, I think, we can I think do our best on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know who's good. Um, seriously, I don't know who's Conor good. McDavid. <laughs> uh, I'm saying in terms of teams. You said the Panthers are good? Uh, the Panthers are, are – Or you said you don't so, like them. So, actually, I hate, I can't stand the Panthers. Um, I can't stand the Canes. The Panthers, I can't stand for The Canes? Reasons. Yes, the Carolina Hurricanes. But right now, the Boston I think, Bruins – I thought you were thinking like the chicken restaurant. No, Raising Canes. No, the, <laughs> the Boston Bruins are um, currently on pace – I mean, on pace was like one last game – to set the, the best NHL regular season record of all time. That's so, awesome. There you go. Well, good for them. Yep. Awesome, man. Uh, well, man, thanks for being with us today. This is this is a blast talking about just the sending that God does when God sends us. Uh, man, we can see it very uh, clearly in your life that you've been sent by God, that you carry something very special uh, that is the gospel. So, man, what a gift it is to have um, 
to have you on here, man. I know that our listeners will be encouraged. I'm encouraged. Uh, Jay, um, I'll let you speak in a moment, but I'm sure you're encouraged as well. Uh, this is awesome. So, man, thanks for being here with us. Thanks for uh, challenging us with the NHL stuff, uh, but enjoying just some fellowship. Uh, this is what Life Together is about, is um, just knowing that, man, God sends us to specific places, to you, uh, D.C. You'll be back yeah. tomorrow with your people, your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, what an encouraging word it is that we carry something so special. Um, that is the, the light of Christ, the gospel that he's given us. Man, we've been invited. Now it's our turn to go invite. So what a gift that is, man. When God sends us, this is a lot of fun. Jay? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I feel like just super glad that you were able to come into town. And I know you leave, what, at your flight's at 7? Yeah, I flew it's all a, the way down here just for the podcast. Just for the podcast. Yeah. There we go. We are We are honored. Uh, <laughs> but so your flight leaves in a bit, it's two right now. Uh, but honestly, just thankful for the time that we got to spend together and even just reflecting, uh, just recently today. And then yesterday too, on, on what God has done and super encouraging to see what God's doing in your life right now and what you are doing with the calling he's placed on your life. So just thanks for coming on. You got any, any parting words you want to um, I'm, we're going to get some NHL on, on this podcast. That's okay. all I got to say. That's my good luck. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm all about the gospel and, and, uh, Alex Ovechkin. So. Yeah. Good luck. That's wise words. Good luck. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but man, this has been awesome. Uh, what a gift it's been to have you on here, Ryan, uh, man, hopefully again, you guys are encouraged, uh, and man, happy Easter to you guys out there. Happy Easter. It's going to be a little bit back, uh, a little, you know, we'll, this will be on Tuesday. Easter will be the weekend prior, but we'll say happy Easter anyways. Uh, he has risen and he has risen indeed. Uh, what a gift that is, man. Well, we're excited about this. Uh, y'all have fun, man. It's been awesome. See ya. See ya.